Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back for another week of the Max Potential Habits. Today we have on a fun guest who I love this backstory. So you all know if you've been listening for a while that I'm really into the way that into law of attraction and how we bring certain people into our lives. And I was going to the coffee shop. This was a little while, obviously pre-COVID. <laughs> and I was at the coffee shop and it was full. And it's my favorite coffee shop, really close to my house. And all the tables were full, but I saw someone getting up and kind of clearing. And I said, hey, do you mind if I take this spot? And she said, no, not at all. So I, I set my stuff down and she went and did her thing and came back and I, I think I, she asked me what I was doing because I had all these papers out and she asked if I was studying for something and we started a conversation and in the conversation it led to us realizing that we're both coaches and we had this really cool conversation and I thought I have got to get to know her better so then we hopped on a zoom because then it was corona period and we couldn't get back together at the coffee shop and we just had such a powerful connected conversation and I always love to bring people on that are going to bring you practical strategies, practical tips, people who have been there and done that and people who have powerful energy to bring to you. And she is one of those people. So Anne Moriarty is an energy management specialist and she has over 30 years of coaching experience. She's worked with teachers, parents, um, she's worked on creating and teaching positive discipline courses for administrators and uh, she is a, she's spoken at professional conferences on behavior management topics, all kinds of cool stuff. And what we wanna to bring to you today is a conversation around stress management really for entrepreneurs and different strategies that she has learned to help deal and manage with stress, emotional intelligence, those kinds of things. So I'm super excited for our conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Anne. I'm very happy to be here. I love talking about all of this. <laughs> right? I know. We, we could do it all day long. <laughs> so, so I'd love to hear and have you share with everyone, what, what's your background in terms of how you stepped into the coaching world? How did that unfold? Okay. So I have, I've been a serial entrepreneur, not cereal that you eat. <laughs> uh, I've been an entrepreneur in a bunch of different ways through most of my adult life. I've hardly ever worked for someone else. And the main one was as a founder and director of an independent preschool. And what I started to notice with my own children before I started the preschool is that there were things that I felt I, if I knew more about the brain and the brain body connection that I would be more effective. I knew there were things I did not want to do that I had grown up with, but I also know nature abhors a vacuum. So you don't just stop doing something. You have to put something in its place. So I went looking for all this information about the brain and how the brain drives so much of what we do, even our emotional life. And so that got me started with something called conscious discipline. I decided to get certified as an instructor in conscious discipline. And boy, did I learn so much about how the brain um, creates our emotional patterns and how it even, I'll talk a little bit later probably about biological imperatives, 
things that we come into the world hardwired with. And so then, but what was happening at the same time was I was no longer in the classroom. My program had grown. I was in the office. I was dealing mostly with adults. So I was learning a whole new set of ways to use the information that I had. So I started coaching parents and other staff at my school and at many other schools in behavior management techniques that were all based on the concepts of emotional intelligence and brain chemistry. And we just had remarkable success um, in our school and parents were coming back and telling me and teachers were coming back and telling me that they were having great success in their environments as well. And so what I did then from there is as I was phasing out of the preschool ownership, I knew that my time there was kind of ending. I became certified as a life coach because I realized that I was already doing that for so many people anyway. And I was again, fascinated with that. So, and in the midst of that, uh, right about the time that I sold my preschool, my, my private life went sideways because I was suddenly um, divorcing and uh, very unexpectedly. And so I learned a lot from that experience as well. And I really was determined to make use of all the tools that I had. But that was a really painful, difficult time for me. And I was having a really, really hard time. I wasn't able to sleep very well. I wasn't able to eat very well. Those are both highly unusual for me. So I went looking for more tools in my saner moments. And I found something called emotional freedom technique or EFT. A lot of people call it tapping. And that saved my sanity. And so I used that just privately for a long time. But then I found I was telling people about it so often and coaching them through it. I decided to get certified in it as an emotional freedom technique practitioner as well. And so now I focus on not just that energy technique, but several others that I've pulled together from a variety of sources to really help people. What I call the first step is to notice and neutralize. And anybody who's learned anything about these kinds of mindfulness practices knows that you have to become self-aware first. And then you start, um, then you can notice what's happening in front of you. So. I, that's how I came into this. I, I just been following my heart all along the way. I love that. You know, I, I think that's always the best way to gather tools is that it, it turns, at least for the coaches that I know and, and myself included, it, it was like, oh, I have this downfall. You said your life went sideways. You have this sideways moment where you go, hmm, I need more tools. Yeah. I, I, there's something calling me to learn more tools. And, you know, I always even think around about the energy around it, about how those challenges come into our life so that we can grow and learn more tools. And then it's that piece getting to share with other people. So I love that. That's, that's really powerful. Okay. So for people who don't know anything about EFT, maybe they've never heard of it. I think a lot of people have, it's becoming much more mainstream, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but will you share what, if, if someone's brand new to it, what does EFT mean? I know, I know it means emotional freedom technique and tapping, right. but can you dig us in a little bit to the practical, you know, what it looks like and then a strategy around it? Absolutely. So emotional freedom technique is called acupuncture for emotions without the needles. 
So it's a way we use the same meridian endpoints uh, that are have been long documented in an ancient Chinese medicine, uh, the meridian system in our body. And we tap on those endpoints so that we can release energy because energy is designed in our body to flow. It's supposed to be flowing and moving and keeping us vital. And what happens is when something happens that's frightening or overwhelming or something that traumatizes us physically, anytime that something feels overwhelming for us, there's a possibility that those emotions, the actual chemical aspects of those emotions will get stuck somewhere in our body. And I was fascinated recently to, to read that some researchers in South Korea believe that they have actually identified for the first time the physical channels for these meridians. I was fascinated by that. But the endpoints are the same that acupuncturists use or massage therapists will rely on to, um, or any, 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 excuse me, any energy workers will rely on to release the energy. And so by tapping on these specific points, as we say certain phrases about whatever we're feeling, what we do in essence is we loosen it up. So let's say the energy has been sitting there um, in some unidentified spot in our body for decades because, well, here's an easy example. Let's say I got bitten by a big dog when I was four or five years old. The trauma of that, if I didn't have the people and resources around me to help me allow the feelings to come and then get neutralized, they actually solidify within me. Every time I see a dog, perhaps not even a big dog, that is triggered in me. I have no control over it. It's again, a biological thing that happens, but all those reactions flood back into my system. And if I don't know that that's what's happening, I might then think it's something else that's in my environment and I might lash out at someone or I might just try to squash it down. I might recognize that it has to do with the dog and then refuse to have anything ever to do with any dog. Mm -hmm. Instead, what we can do with EFT is we can neutralize that. We can bring it up and by tapping in a particular pattern, um, on the endpoints, we can then neutralize that. And we use a point system. So at the beginning, I generally ask people, if they're adults, I ask them to rate the intensity of this feeling. And for feelings for me, I separate into two categories. There's emotions and there's also sensations. And I don't necessarily need to know what's happening in your life, uh, if it's something private, as a coach, I just need to know where is it showing up and or what's the emotion that's showing up. And then we tap on that. So let's say it starts out as a 10 and then we do a couple rounds of tapping and then maybe it's down to a three. Well, that's a whole lot better. Now for something that's been there like a dog since you were five and you're now 45 or something, that's going to take a while, uh, maybe more than one session, maybe not. Some, for some people, it does go that quickly. But that's basically the way that it works, is it, it dredges up, it allows us access to the energy that has been stuck, or in an immediate situation, it's for the energy that's present right then. Mm. Yesterday, 
I had an, um, a situation where I am getting prepared for a five-day free online event and there is so much to do and I'm using a new system and and I started to feel overwhelmed and so I noticed it I just took a break sat in my chair tapped on it and said even though I'm so afraid this is all gonna go wrong that and went through the whole script and the whole uh, sequence and I did it maybe five minutes and then then those sensations were gone and I could concentrate again. Now, my other coping mechanisms might have been go take a nap, which I have a lot to do. That wouldn't be helpful. Go eat a bunch of chocolate. That's a go-to for me. Again, not helpful to do in excess. Or I might have gone upstairs. I share a home with my daughter and her family. I might have gone upstairs and distracted myself with her little boys. None of those would have allowed me to actually manage what was happening. So that's just a real life example. It wasn't something that had been there for a long time. Yeah. So in essence, what it does is it stirs up the emotion. And I always I, um, let people know ahead of time that it might get worse before it gets better. For instance, if it's something that has been a longstanding or is a really big event or circumstance, then it might be that you start at a seven and then you feel like you're at a 10 before you can bring it down because we're stirring it up. Mm -hmm. But basically it's a way to access the energy that is attached to any sort of response that feels uncomfortable in our body. Mm. Super powerful. And okay, so before we go to practical application, I want to I want to nerd out a little bit and, and ask the behind the scenes type of stuff, because I think it's really interesting what you're pointing out is the way that things get stuck in our body. And then our subconscious holds on to a belief around that stuckness. And then that's what's going to cause us to resist and not to want to move forward. You know, like in the situation with the dog, you go, oh, I'm going to avoid dogs. If we have a situation where we're fearful about our business and building something in our business, obviously, that's going to be a place where we get stuck if we don't work with different methodologies to move through that and get to the next level. And I love that you pointed out, you know, your different coping mechanisms could be to go do things like distraction or eating or, you know, we all have those. Some people yeah. it's, you know, getting on Facebook or, you know, the, it, there's a wide variety, but what I hear you saying is that this is a quick strategy in those scenarios in order to pivot fast so that you can keep doing what you were intending to do. Often that is the case. I do want to say that sometimes it isn't super quick, but those, the ones that aren't quick tend to be related to something that is really a big situation. Um, like the way that my marriage ended, that was really huge. And that felt traumatizing to me or something that's been in place for a long, long time. But generally speaking, something that just comes up during the day, it can be very quick. Yeah. I, and, and, and to me, that sounds like a very powerful tool where you can use it on a everyday basis for practical, actionable strategies to shift in business and, you know, things that you're wanting to do, but then also as a, it sounds like a much deeper emotional connectivity with yourself and releasing and neutralizing those, those emotions that have been stuck potentially for a long time. Yes. And how many of those 
private or personal emotional things are connected to how you show up in business. Yes. Pretty much every last one of them. <laughs> yep. So that's the thing is that it's this web. Um, it's like everything in our life is, is connected by those, those stories and those stored emotions that we're carrying around. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that before, you know, I want you to teach everyone a practical strategy that they can use with EFT, but I want to go a little bit there. I love how you talked about hard, hard wiring and then our, our (laughs) fumbling today, how your brain creates your patterns. So, you know, that hard wiring piece, and then also the, what the, the drivers behind it, you know, how does, how do things Mm -hmm. get stored neurologically, create that neural network, and then and that's what keeps us stuck. So it sounds like EFT is breaking some of that up because yes. you're allowing it to come to the surface to deal with. Talk a little bit about what that looks like. You know, you, you, um, in one of the topics we discussed pre-show was how the caveman still lives in us. So I'd love to hear more about that. So the caveman still lives in all of us through these biological imperatives. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples, one of which made a huge difference in my life. But one of the examples is when we think about um, things that happened uh, in our life, we sometimes wonder, well, why is this happening? I've been working on this for a long time. And this was one for me. Why do people feel so strongly about us versus them? Like, what is up with that? And then the more that I looked into that, partly by happenstance, I, well, as much as anything in the universe can be happenstance, hearing, you know, a, a podcast or reading something, that our brain is hardwired for us to form into groups. And here's why. If I am smaller, or I am slower, or I am weaker, and I don't have a herd, I'm dinner for the predator. And we don't have situations like that in our life, most of us, on an everyday basis. But what's happened now is now that happens with us emotionally, that I need to have my people around me, and only my people around me, because that way I know I'm protected from the danger. And that's where it gets tricky because now most of us don't have those physical dangers, but, but that is still hardwired into us. And we've bridged that over to the emotional stuff. And we're seeing a lot of that right now where people have gotten hard and fast about which side they're on. But when you know that it's a biological imperative that drives that, that you came out of your mother's womb hardwired for that, for me, it was just a little easier to let it go and to say, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, this person has had life experiences that has brought them to this belief system. And I don't need to get so agitated about it. I can also not feel so agitated about mine. I can just be a little more accepting. So that's one example. But the one that was the most powerful for me was the notion of the, that we are hardwired to notice the negative and the different. And I had worked for years, years and years to stop being so negative and stop being so critical, both of myself and other people, critical and judgmental. And yet after even a couple decades, I would notice my mind would still go there. And I felt really discouraged. And I thought, I guess I, I guess I just can't learn this. Like I must be 
you know, some kind of loser at this part of, of self-development and growth. And then I learned that, again, that's a biological imperative. And here's why. When we are caveman out in the world, we need to notice differences so that we stay safe and alive. Our brainstem and our ego both have the same job. Keep mm -hmm. this creature alive. That's the number one job. And so if I'm out in the world, if I'm foraging for food, I need to notice, ooh, this mushroom looks different. It might be dangerous. I better pay attention. And so we still have that hardwired in, into us. Again, it's now mostly on the emotional level. And so we notice someone who looks different than us, who believes different than, than we do, who eats differently, who speaks differently. And there's a piece in our brain that says, watch out. This could be dangerous. Well, the good news is that there's this other, hot, more evolved part of our brain that can overrule that. But when we first go into that danger signal, if we've had any experience in life that proves that right, we have a harder time moving out of it. We're stuck back here in our brainstem, and that's fight, flight, fool, freeze. It's, we're not able to move up here to say, oh, wait a second. I was four at the time that XYZ happened, and then later I learned or realized blah, blah, blah. So we can use that. We can keep developing this part of our brain and our strategies to move from here to here. Because it's literally in our brain, it's moving from one part to another, um, from what we call the lower centers to the higher centers. And we can de develop our tools to do that. But what helped me so much was knowing that noticing differences and being critical, in a sense, was actually a self-preservation uh, method. Then I could say, oh, I wonder if something feels unsafe about this situation that I'm in right now. Mm. I wonder why I'm having this reaction instead of criticizing myself for being critical. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, that helped me enormously. And those are just the two big examples about how the backstory falls into place. So in essence, we're not at fault for those beliefs being laid down. What we do, what, what we can do is remember that we have a choice. Now that we become aware, because it all comes back to the awareness, Oh, then we can start wondering instead of judging. I wonder what's happening here. I wonder why this reaction is coming up right now. I wonder why this particular employee gets this reaction from me nine times out of 10 when someone else can say the very same thing to me and I don't respond that way. So when we start to recognize that we're in that spot and say, okay, hmm, and here's the first strategy, is three deep breaths. And there's a reason for it. Three deep calming breaths down to your belly, if possible, start to unhook the stress response. Chemically speaking, it starts to unhook it. So then there's a reason why people talk so much about breathing. But those first three 
can help you start to unhook the stress response. Then you can, if you don't have time to go through the I wonder process, you can at least say to yourself, something's triggering me here. I'm going to come back to this later. This is you're saying to yourself. And right now I'm going to address what's in front of me. Uh, so that's why it's so valuable to number one, notice what's happening and to know more about why it's happening. You can let yourself off the hook in a productive way. So you're not looping back into that closed loop of, oh, I can't ever learn this. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so slow at this or I can't ever change this pattern. No, not true. You can change the patterns. If any of you had known me when I was in my 20s, you would not believe how much I have changed. I went from here to here with anger management. People who knew me when I was running my preschool, when I would teach about these, um, these topics and tell some stories about things that I did, they would say, you? Like, what? So if I can do it, anyone can do it. I love this. Okay. So much wisdom packed in everything you just said. Um, I, I could, I could ask you so many questions right now. One, I want to point out for listeners how, how powerful it is. So I, I forgot to remind you that we're on podcast. So, so when, when Anne was talking about parts of the brain, we're talking about the lower back part because they're not going to see it. They're just going to hear it. Oh, yes. So the lower back part is the amygdala, the fear-based, I think of it as monkey brain and it's where our inner critic lives. The one that is exactly tracking to keep us safe. And the number one job of our brain is to keep us alive, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us to, to step into that place of consciousness, to be present and to notice with the combination of accepting our brain is wired to keep us alive, which means it's going to be constantly tracking the environment for threats. And I think it's interesting that what, what a, a lot of what I work with with people is that mindset around the made up threats because we're constantly beating ourselves up and we're constantly tracking for what could go wrong based on our fears and our doubts and our limiting beliefs and which causes us to procrastinate and get overwhelmed and think I can't do it. And so I think I so agree with you. It's so helpful to know, oh wait, my brain is wired this way. And what that really means is that I need to choose to be responsible and be mindful so that I can train my brain in a new direction. So, you know, the questions you're asking by, you know, I love it when people go into that space of going, I'm noticing I'm triggered. First, it takes you noticing. Then mm -hmm. you take it to the next level of going, okay, now I'm going to breathe. Oh, okay. And now I'm going to tap. Okay. And now I can shift instead of staying stuck and beating myself up, which keeps wiring it in the direction of keeping you where you don't want to be, which is in that, that stuck place. You know, I really think about what you're talking about. Of course, this is a habits podcast. So I think about the way that we train our brain and our mindset. Mm -hmm. It's a habit. Our habitual thoughts are what create our entire reality. So you just gave so much good juice there. Thank you. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about, and I, know I didn't think about this specifically for podcast wise, could you describe a way, a strategy for entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck or stressed to use tapping? Can you describe it on the podcast and have it be usable for them? 
I would think so. Awesome. And I certainly can it. point them to a couple of um, resources where they can okay. see, they can look at a, um, a, a chart. Awesome. Okay. That shows the points. But basically what we do with tapping is at the beginning, we identify, okay, what issue do we want to work on? Yesterday, I wanted to work on my feeling of anxiety about not being able to get everything done for my new program. And so I noticed where it was in my body. So that's the first thing we do is we, we notice what we want to tap on. And sometimes it's as simple as um, I have a headache. It can be something physiological. It can also be something that's wide ranging. I don't even know. I just feel so upset. No problem. We can just start there. Then we notice where it is in our body. For me, I noticed that I had this uncomfortable tingling all down my arms and especially in my hands. And I know what that means for me. So you start to pick up on what different um, sensations mean for, for you when you do this over a long period of time. And so then I said, okay, what intensity is this right now on a scale of zero to 10? And it was a 10. And that's really unusual for me these days. So, okay, then I started tapping. The way that we do the tapping is first I'm going to um, just describe the different points. And then I'm going to give you a sample script of going through those points. So the first point is called the karate chop point. And it is the side of the hand, that fleshy side of your hand, where you would, if you were trying to break a board in karate, you would hit the board, you would strike the board with that part. And with your other hand, the fingertips of your other hand, you tap firmly but gently on that fleshy side of your hand. So when I say karate chop point, you would move back to that space. We usually start there. And then the next point we usually move to is between the eyebrows. So it's basically, for those of you who talk about the third eye, it's right underneath the eye. And most people with the way their hands are formed, they end up using three fingers. The pinky finger frequently isn't long enough to reach there. But you don't have to use all three. You can use two, you can use one. I just got trained using three, so that's what you'll see if you see me do it. So you take several fingertips and you tap between your eyebrows. That's called the eyebrow point. The next point is the side of the eye. And it's just, you know, where if, you, if you're a female and you put eyeliner and you slip and you go out too far, that's where that would be. But it's right on the edge of the bone. Too. And you can do either side of your face or you can do both sides for places like the eyes where there are two. So next to the eye, you would tap there. The next part is under the nose, the next point under the nose, pretty basic. And again, still using two to three fingers. Um, the next point is the chin point or under the mouth. So that little cleft in our chin, most people have that, kind of right there. The next point is going to be right under the collarbone. In Gary Craig's original um, EFT, he's the originator, the creator of emotional freedom technique, he called this the sore point because it was frequently sore for people. It's that little fleshy spot immediately under your collarbone, and he would call it the sore point. Now we tend to refer to it as collarbone. So you would tap, when I say collarbone, you're going to go right to that 
sore point. And if it is sore, it means something stored there. And then the next point is under your arm. For women, it's right at the bra line. So men can figure out from there where that would be for them. And you can either do it by what I call kind of the chicken wing, which is where you lift up. I'm working on my right side right now. So I lift my right elbow up and use the side, the thumb side of my right hand to tap on that point. Many people can't get their fingertips there. Some people can. You can use your fingertips. You can use the side of your hand, whatever will work. Or if your shoulder doesn't have enough mobility for that, reach across with the other hand. I would then lift up my right arm and I would use my left hand to tap that spot. So on the underarm, you have two choices there. And then we usually finish with top of the head. And it's just in the center of the head, center going front to back and center going side to side. Just tap there. And you don't have to keep track of how many times you tap. Generally, it's going to be at, at least seven or eight times, but don't, don't get into any kind of counting. If you're doing it yourself, you're just going to do it as it feels natural. If you're working with a coach, they're going to guide you with when to move. So right now, let's just assume that everyone is feeling a certain amount of stress about being quarantined. <laughs> however that is showing up in your life and there's too many possibilities for me to even give examples but let's just say there is some sort of stress in your life around this COVID-19 and the quarantine that it's caused so what we're going to do is um, I would normally ask you to just close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that if you're somewhere where you can safely do this, feel free to, to go ahead and do this now. But let me, and, can I say something really yes, fast? Uh-huh. Jess, and this is uh, because this will be released and I'm really crossing my fingers that it's going to be released the, by the time it, we're post COVID <laughs> in oh, terms okay. of that we will be free. So if you could adjust it to the, any of the stress that has been caused during that period, that's kind of the fallout okay. after effects. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. you. (laughs) Okay. So, so there were some ramifications of this quarantine, personal business. um, Even if you're involved in something that's community-based or worldwide. So whatever those ramifications are, um, those have potentially created some sort of change in your life that may feel stressful for you. So let's just tap on that because right now that seems fairly universal. So, What we're going to do though first is to stop and take a breath and close your eyes if you're comfortable and notice in your body, think about whatever either is happening now, what, you know, what's happening right now, where, whatever it's related to, um, in terms of the quarantine, whether it's still in force or it's completed and we're dealing with the aftermath. Just scan your body and notice what you notice. And it's helpful if you can say in your head, um, for instance, you might say, oh, my stomach is knotted. I feel something in my throat. I feel tension in my shoulders. Just kind of name that for yourself. And then assign an intensity to that on a scale of one to 10, one being it's very mild and 10 being you're going to jump out of your skin with it. 
And then I always invite people to place both of their hands on their chest and say, I choose to help myself feel as good as possible. And that's a way that I'm setting the intention for my mm -hmm. client. And then as I work with someone, we might come up with something more personalized. From there, and also that's reminding us that we have a choice. I said I choose to help myself feel as good as possible. It's my choice um, to do that. And then we go to the karate chop point. So again, remember side of the hand, tapping gently but firmly with, with a couple of fingers on the opposite hand. And I would say um, that even though, and oh, I have to say, as I say it, you would repeat it after me. However, since we don't have a back and forth here, um, Amanda, if you wanna do that, we can do that. Or I, do you want me to just go ahead with the script? I think do it as if they're on, listeners are doing it following you and they're just so on I'll, their own. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'll great. leave that. I'll I'm, leave I'm that doing part. it along with you. No one can see me doing it, but I'm doing okay. it along with you. But yeah, okay. let's teach everyone as if they're doing it alone and they can do it on their own. Okay. And then if I say something that is not true for you, just change it to something that is true. For instance, if I say, um, because I don't really have a way to check in with the group, um, even though I have this knot in my stomach, if that's not true for you, you would say, even though I have this, um, st these, uh, this tension in my shoulders. So you change it up for whatever's true for you. So back to the karate chop point, we start here and we say, even though I feel really stressed, now that we're getting back to regular life, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. We stay at the karate chop point for two more times. Even though I feel really stressed by everything I have to deal with right now, I deeply and completely love and accept these feelings and myself. Even though I feel really stressed when I think about everything that's happening and I don't know how I'm gonna manage everything and I just feel it in the pit of my stomach. I feel sick to my stomach. I honor these feelings and I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Now we move to the eyebrow point. All these feelings, side of the eye, all these feelings in my body, under the nose, all these emotions, chin point, everything is just swirling around, collarbone point, I feel off balance. under the arm. I don't even know where to start. Hmm. Top of the head. I wish I knew what to do first. And then we can stop here and take a breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, and just check in, see if anything has changed. 
And I tend to do this early on in a tapping round because as I mentioned earlier, sometimes the tapping just stirs things up. So someone who maybe not have had such a high intensity to begin with might now have that. We just wanna check in. Let's go back to the eyebrow point. Even though I have these feelings in my body, side of the eye, and even though I have these strong emotions under the eye, I know that I can handle this. Under the nose. I'll figure out what to do first. Chin point. And then I'll get started. Under the arm. I know I've been through difficult situations before. Stay under the arm. And I will manage this one also. Top of the head. I accept the emotions that I'm feeling. Eyebrow point. I accept the sensations in my body. Side of the eye. I feel these feelings of dread under the eye. I feel these sensations of overwhelm in my body. Under the nose, I notice them in my stomach and my shoulder and my head. Chin point. And I'm ready to let those go under the arm. Am I really ready to let them go? Sometimes we're not. So I rely on client feedback for that. Top of the head. I am ready to begin releasing this. Eyebrow point. I let go of this feeling of overwhelm side of the eye. I envision it as a chunk of ice sitting on my chest. Under the eye. I watch that chunk of ice melt. Under the nose. My feelings of overwhelm are melting away. Chin point. They're getting smaller and smaller under the arm. Now there's just a puddle of water left. Top of the head. I release all of this right now. And then stop and take a deep breath. Scan your body once again. See what you notice. And again, assign a number. As you use EFT a lot, you might not use that strategy so often, but when you're first starting, it's super helpful. Um, or when something is really big, it's very helpful because even if you can uh, bring something down from a 10 to a seven, that can feel like a big relief 
when, when it's something really big. And then there's more that we get into if it, if it's too big for one session, there are ways that we, you know, go into how to, how to handle that. Um, or if it's something that's really persistent, then we have some different strategies that we can use, but that's the basic. Wow. That was, I have to say, I feel first I want to say for everyone listening, I'm going to put this on YouTube so that you can watch because I think it's really helpful to get to see. So this whole video, this whole episode is going to go on YouTube. So go to max potential habits on YouTube. If you want to watch um, and follow and through the process, because what a cool, I mean, I feel lighter. I've done a little bit of EFT, but not a lot. And I actually just enrolled in a, you know, kind of a mini course to start learning the strategies. Oh, great myself and to help people. But I, you know, that was so powerful to just notice the energetic shift for me. It's just an mm -hmm. energetic shift where I go, Oh, I feel lighter. Yes. I feel like I could feel the breath release where it was like, ah, oh, kind of sunk mm -hmm. into letting go. And right. it, it was, it's really, really amazing stuff. I mean, acupuncture has always been something I've turned to that's been really, really powerful for me. And I think tapping is one of those things that you can do anytime, anywhere. So a few yes. questions to make sure, because I know I was having a few come up, so I thought I, I bet listeners would be too. When you're, when you're saying the statements, is there any, I mean, I don't, I'm sure there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. And when you're tapping, um, you, when you very first started, you started with saying the phrase three times. Yes. Do you do that at every, yes. oh, at every point? Okay. Uh, no. No. You do, okay. You, well, you do that each session. When you start, that's called the setup statement. Okay. The setup statement three times on the karate chop point, and then you start into the rounds and the practitioner decides sometimes you go back to the karate chop point often you don't. Okay. Okay. So really the way that you did it, that's exactly. So we do the three times. And then as we're, we're just saying smaller, shorter statements one time and yes. then moving along and then yes. and keep I've checking in with yourself as you go. When you're doing it yourself, they don't need to be short statements because I use short statements because otherwise it's hard for someone who's just learning the points uh -huh. to also remember a long string of words. Okay. But gotcha. when you're doing it yourself, you can stay there and you can, and let me tell you, when I was first learning this, I mean, I was swinging wildly between rage and grief. And so some of mine were <laughs> really angry. Um, and it's just, so that's one thing is it's not always going to be this really calm thing. Sometimes you're going to be sobbing if it's something really big. Um, the other thing that's important for me to tell people is it doesn't even have to have words. If you think I can't do this because I, I don't, I'll say the wrong words, just drop that belief right now. And instead what you do is you just get into your body and you close your eyes and you notice, oh, this part, that part, this sensation, that sensation, and this emotion. And then you just hold those in your mind as you tap and you don't have to say any words or you can just say these feelings these feelings these feelings as you move through the tapping points and i think when i was taking you through the tapping points at the beginning i think i forgot to say under the eye 
Yeah, yeah, I added I that. I so there's yes. so there's so nine points. Is it nine points? Mm -hmm. Okay. So yes. it was it was the um, your hand, the karate chop, yes. then third eye, then eye side, then under the eye, then under the nose, then under the mouth, then under the collarbone, then under the arm, and then the top of the head. Yes. Okay. So for yes. everyone listening, yeah, just write it down. There, and I think that sometimes people get stuck on methods where they go, it's got to be done the exact right way. And I could tell just by no. uh, the, the focusing on yourself helps you be mindful, mm -hmm. you know, so that powerful strategy and, you know, so don't get stuck in thinking I've got to do it right. You know, and if you miss a point on one of the rounds, if you miss this point, it's, doesn't matter yeah. if you go a little bit out of order it doesn't matter the the main thing is what you just said Amanda is that you're focusing on yourself and on the sensations and you are tapping the some of the key meridian endpoints so the energy can move that's what really matters that's awesome. that the Oops. Yeah. I mean, I always think about, you know, I think about the mind as center of creating your reality, but it gets trapped in your feelings and in your body. Right. And then it, it's this constant feedback loop of thought, body, mind, thought, body, mind, thought, body, mind, feelings. Right. And yes. so we're, we've got to work together in our, we got to work on ourselves in all those systems in that mind body mix and go, okay, how can I tap into my feelings? How can I notice what I'm experiencing and then do some energy work to shift it? So I think it's exactly. so cool. And I love yeah. your title, energy management specialist. It really <laughs> feels that way. Like I feel the shift in my energy. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, you can take stuff. control in that way. And you mentioned before how it's always available to you. And I've done a lot of different types of um, modalities that have been super helpful for me. I've done Reiki and Yoga Nidra and yoga itself. And um, I know there's more than that. And talk therapy and muscle testing. The thing about um, EFT is you don't need someone else there with you. And you don't need to make an appointment. If you're at work and something really big comes up, you can, um, if it's possible, excuse yourself, go into the bathroom stall and tap without saying any words, especially if you think you're about to lose it. You don't want to do that. It's not helpful for you. So you want to, you can use that as a strategy. Now, if you're in a meeting, and, and something comes up that is just really on your last nerve, just put your hand under the table and you can just gently tap on your karate chop point. Or if you, even that, if somebody next to you is gonna notice that, then what you can do is you can, in, since you're gonna post this and people will be able to see it, between, on the top part of your hand, between your third and the knuckle from your ring finger and your pinky finger, but on your hand, there's a channel there. And if you press there, I'm pressing, it's kind of hard for me to show you from the other side. If you press in that little divot, that is also a way to calm your nervous mm -hmm. system a little. It's not going to be, have quite the same efficacy as tapping itself, but you can do simple things like that. Um, another one, because I know you and I had talked about me offering um, ideas for people that they can use. Another one is that you just take those three mindful breaths mm -hmm. and you can pretty much do that anywhere. If somebody's going to get on you for breathing, then there's a bigger problem there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, you just take the three mindful breaths and 
picture yourself somewhere soothing, go to your happy place, like they say. And that starts to unhook the stress response and will possibly allow you to then respond differently than you might have, you know, the 30 seconds before. Oh, this is so rich and thank I you. Yes to people is to just say, I, you know, I'm feeling you might, this might not work in your workplace, but to say, you know, that really um, hit me in a, in a negative way. That's mine. Uh, just give me a minute here and just step away or just say, you know, let me give this some thought. I'll get back to you in 10 minutes at two o'clock this afternoon, whatever fits. To me, that pause is huge. And that's where if you are a leader in your company, I definitely would encourage you to encourage your employees to take that pause, to train themselves, put notes up around, remember the pause, whatever works, to just pause. Because so much negativity can be avoided by taking the pause. So true. I, everything you're saying really reminds me of how powerful it is to just realize that you are, I call it your inner boss, right? If you're stepping in from an inner boss mentality, you go, who's managing me? You are, right? And what are the, the strategies that you can step into and learn that are very simple? I mean, breathing. And, and here's the thing, it's accessible to all of us and it's so simple, but a lot of people do not have the mindfulness or the conscious awareness. They don't choose to, to do these strategies. So I feel like this is awesome. I, I mean, we really just got a mini course on how to, or a masterclass on how to deal with stress as entrepreneurs, which happens to all of us big time. So that, this has been very, very rich. Thank you so much. So I would love for you to share with us your top three max potential habits that got you where you are today. Well, one is just becoming aware of all of my patterns, uh, starting with the conscious ones, and then using EFT after I cleared away some of the stuff on the top layer, I used EFT very regularly, like morning and evening for more than a year to chip away at stuff that I wasn't even conscious of. Just to say, I know I have this outcome. I don't know where it comes from, but I don't like it. And I want to chip away at that. So definitely the tapping was a, you know, a huge one, but it started with the awareness and then moved into inquiry and curiosity and wonder. I wonder where this is coming from. And more importantly, I wonder what the heck I can do about it. What are my options? Let me go find options. So it was inquiry into the source, but then also the resources that I could use. And then the tapping is the, is the number three that, I mean, that has, that's been life altering for me. Yeah, I could see how it's a very powerful tool. Um, I learned about it originally with, I took my daughter to, she was going to see a Naropa counselor and it was art therapy and she taught her tapping. It was amazing. You know, it was just, yes. and it's kids use it, right? I know you work with a lot yes. of kids. So, I mean, it's a simple strategy. And for anyone listening, go watch the YouTube because you'll be able to watch and stepping through it you can do it today. Literally, you can learn the strategy today. So I think that's, or the method, I'm not sure what it would be called, but 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, and I want to recap, make sure. So you said become aware of patterns and then the inquiry, curiosity, and wonder, and then using EFT. And all mm-hmm. of these really are helping with mindfulness and shifting right. in that more conscious direction. Right. I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you. Do you do sessions online with people if they're mm-hmm. interested? Yes, definitely. Okay, so what? T- tell us the best places to find you. Well, the best place to find me is either on Facebook. I have a group called Own Your Happy. And I also have um, a business website, of course. It's annemoriarty.co. It's not .com. If you type .com, you'll get an error message. But um, you can, my name is, my first name and last name, both you need to spell out. Uh, you need to see spelled out so you get it correctly. Um, but that'll be, um, you know, I'm sure you'll see that in the show notes. Um, yep. Yeah. The show yep. notes. I'll definitely and, um, and the thing is that, um, so those are the two key places to find me. I've okay. just gotten started on Instagram, which there it's Anne own your happy. All Love it. Okay. That's great. I'll connect with you there. We can be Insta, Insta friends and coffee friends. <laughs> once we, once we're yeah. out of, out of quarantine, we can see each other again at the coffee shop. (laughs) Um, And then I know you also had a giveaway for people. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, what I'm inviting people to do is to connect with me for a free 20 minute clarity call. And in that, what we do is we just talk a little bit about what, uh, what the issues are that you feel tapping might be helpful with. And you always have to see whether it's energetically a good fit between you and me. That's really critical. And so I really prefer to do those calls on Zoom if possible. We can do them by phone. And then I also have, um, if you have a family and have children, I have a free PDF uh, for, that's super helpful. It's seven ways to help children move through big emotions. And we got a lot of children right now moving through a lot of big emotions. They apply also to adults, <laughs> but um, the text is actually written geared toward children. Awesome. Okay. And is that the stop fussing and fighting? No, the stop fussing and oh, fighting. Oh, you have even actually, more for us. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I have a free, right now I'm focused on supporting families through um, all of this. And I have, um, on May 1st, I'm starting a, five-day free online series called Stop Fussing and Fighting, a Family Peacemaking Project. And I'm going to just give all kinds of great resources over five days. And there might even be a little something else besides. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Well then I, you know what, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm going to end up releasing this earlier then so people can get into that because that sounds amazing and really critical right now. Yeah. Oh, it's been so great to have you here. It's wonderful to see you again. (laughs) I love Universe for bringing us together in the coffee shop, and I'm sure we're going to hang out again soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing all these valuable tips and strategies to my audience. Um, I'm sure that you benefited listeners. So if you are all here, we would give you a big round of applause. Uh, So thanks for coming on. My pleasure. I love sharing it. It made such a difference for me. Good. I can feel that. That's great. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much. Again, if you're listening, be sure you head on over to YouTube so that you can watch the the EFT method and let us know how it goes. 
take a screenshot, tag us, give us some comments and, and tell us how the strategy is working for you, how EFT is changing your stress level. I would love to hear from you. So, you know, I like, always like it when uh, people take the screenshot, send it out in your social media channels and tag at NFA coaching. Also, don't forget that we are coming up. I'm going to release this episode early so that people can get into her stop fussing and fighting five day um, uh, offering. So before then, we will be prior to episode number 100. So make sure that you cool. leave your rating and review on iTunes and take a screenshot of that and send it to mphraffle at nfacoaching.com. That link's also in the show notes so that you can be entered in. I'm going to send whoever the winner is my top, it's hard to say top five books, but I'm going to send you five books that have changed my life. So you'll want them too. All right, everyone, wrapping up for today. I will be back next week. I hope you have an incredible, fabulous, powerful Max Potential Week where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits Podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.